Do 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 do. Welcome back to this episode. Welcome back to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not rehash that. <laughs> uh, welcome to this episode of Quarantine Diaries, where we're going to talk about the other bite on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, it's so weird. Like, how dun, did they get dun, there? Done. <laughs> Finish the statement. Done. 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 Another one. Oh, another one bites the ass. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get there? Last episode, we talked about the insect bites that you had. Yeah. And you got another one. Yeah. No, I'm saying, how do the bites get there? Like, I mean, it's so crazy. I I have a feeling these are these must be spiders. But that's even crazier to me because it's not like, I mean, you know, they're, they're obviously happening overnight and I sleep fully clothed, like from head to toe. I don't, I don't understand how this is happening to me, but it is. And, uh, it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Fun is not the right word for it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's something. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I wonder what this suffering has to teach you. I don't know. I don't know. But I am suffering and I guess I'll learn something. Yeah. You know? Um so hey, outside of your bites, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long week, it feels like to me. I don't know. It's 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 felt longer than previous weeks somehow. I can agree to that. I feel like a lot has happened and that a lot has happened that I've forgotten that's happened. Mm. And when I was like, oh, it's, episode, it's podcast time, I was like, wait, how long has it been since we last spoke? <laughs> was it just the one Friday ago? Yeah. 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 So. Anyway, how are you? Of, how have you been? I, how was your week? Uh, all over the place, uh, <laughs> per usual. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I try to stay positive And a lot of the times I'm thriving. And then I feel guilty for sharing the fact that I feel like I'm thriving. Because then I'm like, oh, people are suffering and like, why should I be thriving? But I've, most of the time I feel good. So that's how I perceive the situation. I try to stay positive and yeah. I do me. So Yeah, I don't think you should feel bad about that. I mean, I think, you know, there's something to be said about compassion for others and empathizing with other people's, you know, maybe less than fortunate situations, but that shouldn't negate or take away from you're feeling good and being positive and all of that. So that's really great. Yeah, this is true. I mean, everything's about balance, but I remember listening to something that quoted pretty much what you said. And it was saying, you can't feel bad enough for anyone else to feel better. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> that's know? very good. Yeah. So you just, you have to take care of yourself best you can and hope everyone else can do the same for them. And you know, again, but in the name of balance, extend a lending hand when you can or if someone reaches out and that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in the name of balance or, or because that word came up, that was actually why I hit you up. I was mid-reading my Chakras book, which I do a lot now. Mm-hmm. And it seems like every time I like hit something that is impactful for me, I'm like, oh my God, let me share this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I know I've called you before and just talked about, does this describe me or whatever? But this time I actually really thought what I was reading did describe me. Like it wasn't a, oh, does this describe me? It was like, damn, this is something I used to do. And Mm. I mean, we could get into that if we want to, but as I was reading it, 
I guess I will get into it. So this was about me in particular, how I had the need to be right all the time. And it's obviously not about me, the book, but just about like tendencies. Um, and I used to do that. And I didn't realize I used to do that. And thankfully, I learned to stop doing that. But I just had this incessant need of not only being right, but like pointing out that people, that I was right. And in mm. the pointing outness of me being right, there was like an unspoken pointing out of others wrong. And so I don't know what there is to be said about that, but for sure it was something that like I needed to work on. And thankfully, I don't know, through friends and reading and introspection, I learned um, and maybe healing and growth, you know, happened. And I that healed that part of myself that needed to feel like it was right all the time. I don't know. But it was just really interesting to me because there was even a bit that said like um, that this particular person, you know, very intellectual, could be very intelligent and all these things. And um, they have not only the need to be right, but like, the, and no, no. And it said like, and they usually are right, but that wasn't even the point, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> so right, right. I remember being frustrated in the past of like, well, why can't people see how right I am? And da, 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 da. And it's like, is that even the point? Is the point even to be right? And then the book goes on to describe something about like, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? <laughs> mm. And that there is in certain situations, you know, we have objective truth, but there is no quote unquote right. Right. In life, there's like so many variables. There's so many ways to look at something that that could be right for that person from their perspective and something. And, and the same thing could be right for me from a different perspective. So I, and I just unloaded a lot there, but <laughs> that was one paragraph of the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, that's that's definitely um, an interesting thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know what my thoughts are about that at this moment because <laughs> yeah. I'm, because I'm, I'm, because I'm just taking it in. Um, and I guess I don't have to have a thought about everything. And I guess that's also kind of ties into what you were just saying. Um, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Good stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I'll add on then because I've also tied it into like, you know how sometimes in movies, kids, movies, kids shows, there's like insight that's like very worldly and deep messaging. Mm. Um, I don't know how deep messaging this was, and it's technically not even a kid's cartoon, but Rick and Morty is oh, yeah. an episode. And for those of you who don't know, Rick is the grandpa. He's real genius, scientist, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's like a scene where it's an interaction between him and his, and him and his grandson. And he's talking about, um, you know, he, you know they, he shoves it in the kid's face again, his grandson's face again. That, I told you, I told you, so I was right. Look, da, 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 just let me handle it. I know what I'm talking about. And the kid says something to the tune of like, it doesn't matter if you're right, because when you're being an a-hole about it, no one wants to give you the credit. Like no one wants to give you the win because you're making everyone feel shitty. <laughs> and so, and he's, his comeback is, I know that, you know, this is why stupid people are popular. It's because <laughs> no one likes someone, you know, who makes them feel dumb or whatever. Um, yeah. But to come back to the first word that started it all off is I guess there's a balance between the two right? It's like, you don't have to discount, you know, objective truth and that they're, you know, you could remember a fact more correctly than someone else. Um, but at the same time, you don't have to shove it in people's faces or make them feel bad or try to make yourself feel better, which right. could have a side effect of making them feel bad when you're like, CCC, look how right I was. Um, I guess that makes me wonder if there's ever a time when it's like, for lack of a better word, appropriate to 
to harp on the fact that you were right about something like, you know, again, without, without having an answer to that, just, just thinking out loud, like, I, I wonder if there's a time and a place where it might, it might be worth it for somebody to be like, see, I told you I was right about this thing and you know, you were wrong to doubt me or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, because, because I guess there might be something to be learned from that, right? Like if, if there's a lesson to be learned from like from the, from the doubter, to to not doubt as much the person in front of them maybe i don't know well so that's interesting you just read my mind i was going to say i can speak from my experience i don't know that there's ever a right time or whatever you're ever supposed to but um, now i'm going to get deeper i think it came for me from a sense of needing to feel uh, to be seen and to feel understood and to be validated mm. and so it was like i keep getting things right, but every single time you keep doubting me. And how many times of me being right is it going to take for you to stop doubting me? And so it's kind of just what you said about, like, yeah. does the doubter need to learn not to doubt that person? But at the same time, no one can be right all the time anyway. So right. should right. anyone trust any one person all the time undoubtedly, or is that cult-like? Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So. Yeah interesting stuff hmm. yeah but anyway that was like one small chunk and it's a very dense book and interestingly enough that this section is about the crown chakra which is just like i don't know your brain or intellect and how it ties to spirit but um just to ground it into something practical it talked about how in our society these days i guess just always recently we over intellectualize things because we live up in our heads. So much of what we do, listening to this podcast, going on social media, listening to the news, reading, watching stuff is all up in our heads. And so a lot of the work we need to do is grounding because we're disconnected from our bodies. We're disconnected from our hearts, from feeling, and our hearts can guide us, right? They can also help us figure out our purpose or connect with people. And clearly I was living in my head too. And I was blind to the fact that I may have been hurting people when I was shoving my intellectual rightness in their faces right mm. if i was listening to the inner wisdom of my body my heart might have said hey cringe like that doesn't feel good read that person better they're not receiving it well um maybe where is this coming from maybe rephrase or, or hold off or, mm. or heal the part of you that needs to like shove stuff in people's faces <laughs> um so you know that that was the section about that but what does that, so what is the practice of that? Like, how does one, uh, you know, learn to tap into their, their heart, their body, like, or ground themselves? Like, how, how, how does one, um, I guess, like, stop the cycle of being all in your head about things? Yeah. So I was actually just at the section where I was going to read the healing practices, and then we called. Um, okay. I'll say from personal experience and from some things I've read and learned and heard from yoga teachers and such. One is like meditation, right? So you're just focusing on your breath and you're turning inwards where you might start not just having thoughts, but noticing thoughts, right? So you're a little bit removed from that. And then further, you start maybe noticing body sensations. So there are body scan meditations where very simple, like someone just does a guided Notice your pinky toe. Notice this other toe. Notice if you don't notice anything there. Like you're just trying to feel into your body 
is, is, is the point of that. Um, breathwork can be one which um, is very intense. It's holotropic breathing. If people want to research it, I have a wonderful healer that I go to and I've been doing online lately. Um, so any kind of breath work, again, just getting into the body, getting into feeling. Um, yeah, oh, uh, being in nature can be very grounding. Hugging a tree, as funny as it sounds, like you're just feeling into the sensations of your body. Even, even taking a hot bath, even taking a cold shower, right, can get mm. you out of your head and into feeling what your body is feeling. So... I guess I wonder, so I can appreciate all of those things that you said, but I, I guess I can't connect the dots between like those things help you get grounded like in that moment. And so I can understand the benefit of like giving your, yourself those times where you are practicing being grounded, but then how does that, how do you extrapolate that? moment and what you glean from that moment to like your everyday life or or do you I don't know yeah okay so yes I don't know that anyone's ever perfect because we all fluctuate between one or the other and we're trying to find that middle ground but again personal experience when I started before I started meditating right if I would get angry I would be yelling at a person and a person would be like, why are you yelling? And I would yell about how I'm not yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Like I couldn't even see that I was yelling, even though some part of me knew I was in basic denial. Right. I was like, I'm not yelling as I'm yelling, as I know I'm yelling, but like, how dare you tell me I'm yelling? I'm not angry. And then as I started to meditate, it's like, it happened in phases. So there was like step one. Then I started to have reflective moments of, Oh, I was yelling when that person told me, (laughs) why are you yelling? So that was like catching myself after the fact. And then eventually I learned, oh, that okay, well, that's anger. Where is that anger coming from? So the more I was practicing meditation and the more I was starting to catch myself in the act of yelling, then I would catch myself a little bit sooner. Then like, as I was yelling, I would be like, oh shit, I'm yelling, <laughs> mm. you know, mid act. And, mm-hmm. and at first I couldn't even stop myself. I would still yell, but some part of me was in less denial mode. And it was like, you're doing it. You're doing the thing. You see, this is the thing. The thing that the person was pointing to, out to you that you were in denial about because you were, you know, resisting what they were telling you or whatever. So mm. then I would catch it then. And then it was like, as I was yelling, eventually I could stop myself as I was yelling. And then the next step was, oh, what are my triggers to making me angry that leads to the yelling? Oh, it's this, this, and this. So then I could catch myself before, like, "Uh uh-oh, I have that feeling coming up. I know where this is headed, and I could stop it there. And not that it's not good to it. Not that you shouldn't express your emotions. That's like, there's a healthy way to do it. But this is just my example of, like, how I took mindfulness into the real world. Mm -hmm. And it was a process, right? It was little baby steps. And then eventually it was catching before, and then eventually it was being able to be proactive and prevent. And, you know, it, it's so layered because it was also, oh, on days where I don't get more sleep, you know, I'm pretty grumpy. I end up getting <laughs> angry easily. Oh, I don't eat. So I'm hangry. So I, I even identified what my triggers were. So I better make sure I have a lot of snacks because I don't want to turn into that angry diva. <laughs> so, you know, from the Snickers commercial, you got to have the snacks. And so eventually it just naturally carried over into life. But to your point, you can sit there and be spiritual and mindful or meditative all day. If you don't apply that to your actual life, it doesn't serve. Like what good does it do anybody? Right. Um, So, 
anyway, that's just one example of how it slowly, slowly creeped out into my real life. And go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, that makes sense. And I guess I'm, I'm thinking, or I'm, what I'm gleaning from what you're saying, or I guess inferring, I don't know, um, is that the more you meditate, the more you practice, or the more you become mindful, the more likely you are to bring that into your day-to-day life practice. I think that like, you know, the person who studies themselves, the person who goes deep and really starts to understand themselves is more adept at, or, and likely to, um, try to apply that to life as well. Right. right. And I will say there were specific, you know, the, the app that I used the calm have had specific meditations about telling you to do that. <laughs> like, mm. this is how you do it. You may think you're not making progress, but notice this. So it actually was teaching me that too. So I did learn it. Mm. Um, but to your point, the light of awareness really was all it took. That's all that's needed. And I say this, and I know to some people, it's like, what is, what is the light of awareness? Just noticing something is enough to get that ball rolling. And it's not hard work. Like, it can be difficult and challenging, but it really is not as complicated as our mind wants to make it. Like, well, I could never get there. Or right, what do I have right. to do? I have to do this, this, that, and that. And what you just said. All you have to do is notice. (laughs) That's it. As soon as you start to notice things, the good things tend to start to grow and the bad things tend to start to dissolve. And so that's it. Just just bring awareness to it. Pretty much it. I used to meditate and think I had to change stuff. Like, oh, I have to change my breathing pattern. Or if I felt tension in my shoulders, I would think, oh, well, I have tension here and there shouldn't be tension here. So I should get rid of the tension here. And the more I would try to will the tension away, the more tense I would get. <laughs> so it wasn't about that. It was just about, and the more I just let it be, just let it, don't judge it. Don't criticize it. Don't resist it. Just notice it. And somehow it would let itself go. Mm-hmm. Or it wouldn't. And that would be okay too. You know, you'd make yourself, at least I wasn't adding suffering and making it worse by resisting. So yeah. Yeah. Awareness is key. Good stuff. <laughs> I mean, what I love about our conversations is, and and you said it so perfectly, like, I think our brains have a tendency of, like, making it seem more complicated or involved than it really is. And that has definitely been, like, my um, roadblock to um to met to being like more mindful or meditating or whatever you want to call it like um i have these like these little moments throughout my my day or my life where i i have these moments of clarity and and they don't come to me because i've like devoted you know the the time to get there or whatever they just have they they just come to me at times you know and um and I've learned to, at the very least, really like lock into those moments and pay attention to what it is that I'm, I'm learning or, or discovering or becoming aware of in that moment um, before just before letting it pass or the next meme on Instagram, you know, comes up or whatever. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think I, I have been, I've, I've been really hesitant um, 
to really just like actively try to meditate, actively try to um, like unlock some of that stuff. Um, and I don't know what it is. I think it's, I, I don't know. I wonder sometimes if I don't have the, 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 the patience for it, you know, like if I don't, if like, I, I don't know, I find, I, I find trouble in idleness a lot. Yeah. Um, I guess I would say one, you don't have to necessarily meditate. Mindfulness can be done cooking, writing, whatever your thing is that calms you. Right. Mm-hmm. But I will also say, gosh, you just said something and I lost it about, um, oh, the clarity. So those little moments of clarity come to you and just latch on and appreciate it and it'll grow. They'll, mm-hmm. you'll have more moments of that and then you'll have, you know, it'll just grow from there. And what I've found helps me combat, I'll talk about the focus thing too, because the patience you're actually, that this helps you grow your patience and focus, right? <laughs> right. And, and it is hard to sit idly. And that's what you're practicing doing is sitting idly and being bored and being okay with that. Um, and, and so, you know, you can get better at that. But the mind is, is the biggest obstacle. And I always like to balance stuff out because, you know, there's always two sides to everything. So the mind serves a purpose. I'll say that before I say, the mind is also the problem, right? In meditation. And the solution that I've had, the quickest fix um, that I guess I felt like sharing, if all you did was notice your breath more and more often, every time you remembered to do it, you would grow mindfully, spiritually, whatever. Like if, if you just spent a year not doing any meditation app, not going to a retreat, you literally just spent, okay, not even a year, start small. You spent two seconds paying mm-hmm. attention to how your breath feels going in your nose and out of your mouth, just in your nose and out of your mouth. Just pay attention to that physical sensation. All right. Talk about getting in the body mm-hmm. and not in the sense that you're trying to understand it or make anything happen because the brain loves to say, well, what do I notice? Hmm, am I breathing too shallow? Is that what I'm noticing? It's, no, that's <laughs> thinking. All you're noticing is air rushing in your nostrils or on your upper lip or in your throat or the tension in your lungs as your chest expands or as your belly expands. That's the sensation that I'm saying. Just notice your breathing. And Mm -hmm. the more you catch yourself, you know, thinking about things and you want to just bring, what can I bring it back to? Oh, my my mind, it's it's driving me crazy. I feel anxious. I feel insomnia and I feel stressed. Just, I'm just going to pay attention to one breath. That's it. Maybe the one becomes two. Maybe it doesn't, right? Maybe I go Mm -hmm. back to thinking for another half hour And then again, I'm like, oh, shit, I remember that podcast that said, let me just remember breathing for a second, and that'll help me. And the more that that catching of that grows, the better off you'll be. Yeah. So I don't know if that was helpful. I mean, it was to me. (laughs) Yeah. And and I guess I share it because it was to me, right? (laughs) Right. So that's something that I tried or read or learned and did, and it helped me. So I'm human, and I figure it might help other humans. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you just I think, catch yourself. I think that's the whole kind of point of this podcast in the first place is like, we're, you know, you and I, we're, we're shooting the shit. These are the things that are important to us that we think about that, you know, that occupy our time or our, you know, our brain space, I guess. But, um, but if there's anything to be learned from it, you know, here you go, the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, so I do want to talk about focus because you know, it is hard. It is harder now than it has ever been because we're so overstimulated. I say that more than I probably should, but we are very hyperactive. We, myself included, 
And again, because we're caught up in the head, it is difficult to get grounded. And because, you know, we're in a world where now we have this opportunity, we have a little reprieve, but, you know, it's go, go, go. It's typically used to be more fast paced. Um, you had to keep up. You had to respond to the emails. You had to do the things to pay the bills. And, you know, all of that was mind stuff. And it served a purpose. But, you know, if you take some time at least and grow that time as much as you can, and like I said, even if it's two minutes, just start with two minutes. And I think Google did a study. And I don't like the way what businesses apply mindfulness because it's in the name of more productivity. <laughs> it was like, oh, just doing two minutes of mindfulness made their employees more productive. <laughs> right. But, but it also drops your blood pressure and helps with a host of other things. Um, but I wanted to say there's a power to being able to focus. Um, and I know we talked about your super ability to multitask, and that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but aside from that, multitasking isn't the best for our brain, and it's not necessarily the best way to achieve something you're trying to get at, to reach a goal. Mm. And, you know, there's studies around when you're on your computer and you're on social media, it used to be Facebook or you'd get distracted. But there is a power to being able to sit and focus on monotasking, one thing. I'm going to do this one thing and I'm going to do it well. And I would share that I even had issues before. I think I still have issues. I don't know how people do it. When I'm cooking, when I'm, I don't know, any, anything I'm doing, I don't, when I'm eating, I don't enjoy watching a show. I don't enjoy like doing something that, remind, that involves my, uh, requires the use of my brain. And I, I, you know, I think maybe people are like tuning it out. They're not really listening to the Netflix show as they're, let's say, folding laundry. You know, it's just background noise. But for me, it's like either I'm actively watching it and absorbing it all or turn it off because I'm focused on doing my laundry. <laughs> like as simple as a task as that may seem. See, and that's so interesting to me because I don't like there's so many tasks, quote unquote, that I do that if I didn't have a podcast playing the background or a TV show or whatever, um, I, the, then the task would be like, would be like so menial that I would just be left with my thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Mm. if I, if I just sat down and ate in a quiet room by myself at a, at a table with no distraction, um, I would just be like left alone with my, with myself. And that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what I'm reading is like, it's a distraction, which most people are doing um, to avoid those thoughts that they know are there that are going to come up. So yeah, it's just, it's normal. It's fear. We've talked about how letting that stuff come up, you know, it, it, if you, you have to be ready and you have to want to, and, and everyone can, if they want to. But I guess I would counter it with when I'm eating mindfully, for example, Mm. any task I do, I'm so fully enveloped by it. I'm so immersed in it. Even if I'm dancing, I'm feeling my body. I'm feeling the music. I'm listening to the beats. I'm listening to the lyrics. My brain is, you know what I mean? Like I'm so absorbed by that task that my brain doesn't have the opportunity to even think other things. I'm so hyper-focused on it. Um, well, I would argue that that's your superpower then, because that's, that's quite a thing. Like, to, you know, to like, especially when it comes to things that are like, quote unquote, like, you know, just like menial tasks, like folding laundry or eating or whatever, you know, like things that don't require a ton of focus to be accomplished. 
the fact that you are devoting that much like focus to them, I think is, is, is like commendable. I don't know. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Or is making me sound like I can't even fold laundry <laughs> by listening to a book. <laughs> no, but see, it. no, I see, okay. And, <laughs> and then, then I think that, that, that menial probably has bad connotations to it. I, I'm, yeah, yeah. No, I'm no, trying no. I to, was joking. I got I, it. I got the positive. I know. Uh, thank you. <laughs> but I had to throw that in there. No, and here's, I'll counter it with yes. And so eating, so, you know, there's a quote that's tangentially related. You can live your life as if nothing is a miracle or as if everything is a miracle. Mm. And the more you notice the nuanced, minor, every detail of everyday tasks, the smallest things are miraculous. You know, they say the smallest things make the biggest difference. It's huge. It's that little thing. So when I'm eating, and then there's even series about mindful eating before if I was watching TV, there's even studies that say you're going to, you, you wolf it down. You're not actually tasting the food. You're not chewing right. as much as I would and you're rushing through. So when I'm eating and I don't have that other distraction, I'm actually tasting what that food tastes like. I'm right. feeling the texture in my tongue. I'm swallowing and realizing, okay, look at my, I can feel the muscles in my throat. I can feel my digestion. So like just slowing down that process there is a whole like world of experiences in that one plate of food that you, not you particularly, but you're numbing yourself out to, or you're at least not opening yourself up to experiencing and enjoying, like just biting into an apple, like thinking about just the, this, the sweetness and the texture and the crunch and the juiciness of it flowing down your, and you just, it, the coolness of it in your mouth and, then you expand to like this was on a tree and it absorbed water from the soil and it took energy from the sun and it made this little thing that now I'm shoving into an orifice to make it less beautiful, you know? <laughs> and just the crunch and the sh now I want an apple. <laughs> I'm gonna go eat an apple after this. <laughs> no, but I'm I I you're right. And that's that's what I'm saying is like that's that's really cool because that is how it should be, you know, or that's how I, I, I can say, I, I agree with that. I should say, um, I, I like that, you know, I, I think that that's something that like, I want to start practicing, like, you know, why not, why not open myself up to that level of, of experience and experiential like positivity, you know, like that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And I will say, you know, again, it, it doesn't happen all at once. Maybe you do two minutes and then you turn on the TV because you can't take the boredom. And I mind you, I love eating with people. I hate being alone. <laughs> so, and I used to fear being alone in my thoughts. You know this. I was like a hyper. I have to be around people all the time and I've got to be talking and feeling the void. Like there could be no space left unfilled because the silence and the stillness made me uncomfortable. But obviously that's what I'm saying. I did the work. Um, so I, I relate to it and I'm not above it or beyond it. Like sometimes I still go there um, and it's a lifelong practice. But I guess one tip I would give is the, is the noticing of a sensation or the breath. Like, and the whole brain thing, your brain wants to tell you you're scared of it. Your brain wants to make up this terrifying imaginary a vague scenario you don't even know what you're afraid of but there's something to be afraid of because your brain tells you right i feel this way so all i would mm -hmm. question or all i would say is in those moments you can question your brain and whatever the fear is 
you know, you're going to go crazy if you're sitting still and you're going to, something's going to happen that you don't want to have happen. And you say, you know what? One, I can face it. And two, no, Mr. Brain, like you're the crazy one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go crazy. Whatever it is, like there's nothing that's going to happen from me just eating without a TV on that's going to like put me in a psych ward. (laughs) I'm not going to it or go bad shit or whatever. Like all that's going to happen is maybe I'm going to feel uncomfortable or anxious and my heart rate's going to go up. But even that will eventually go back down, especially if I just refocus on my breathing or tap into the TV and distract myself and numb myself, which is okay too. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. The brain, we, it, it itself has so much power, but then we have to remind ourselves that like, we also can control it. And we have that, we have the power because it is in us, you know? Yeah. And so in the controlling it is a thing. We don't have to control it. We just have to let it, not let it control us. So right, right. it's brain gone brain. The brain's gonna be, <laughs> you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be its crazy self. It's going to be its rapid thinking self. Whatever it's going to do, it's going to do. And you're not, you know, it might change on its own as a result of other things you do, but it, that's not even the goal. Like the, the goal is just to not get swept up by the thinking like, okay, you're thinking crazy thoughts, but I have this strategy, which is also a brain strategy, right? Maybe it's another part of my brain that's saying, you know, calm your, calm the shit down. Just, just breathe. Right. You know, you're, you're Mr. You know, Mr. Left brain or right brain or whatever part of the brain, you know, you know, so-and-so you're crazy. Calm down. We're not going to listen to you right now. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what you're going to say. Your thoughts are valid. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, have a sense of humor about it. Um, there was things where it just said, you know, you, oh, anxiety. There you are. Thanks for visiting again. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fear. Fear of being crazier. Fear of feeling. I see you. You know, and I love you and I have compassion for you. And that's it. And I'm not afraid of you and I'm not going to try to change you. And it's almost like you're giving your brain what we all want. You're giving it like unconditional acceptance and love. Like I see you for what you are. Um, So that's interesting that we want to get from the outside, what we can give to the inside to ourselves. Right. No, that's, that's actually, wow. That's a million dollar (laughs) thought you just had. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So yeah. And on that note, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Um, but you know, and I think be easy about it. Like even at the end of this, however many minute conversation, it's like, Oh, okay. I feel like, okay, this was exhausting. It was a lot. And you know, take it at an easy pace. What I started with was like, I was reading this book and in the reading of it, I'm just like, well, everything is out of black. Like everything is unbalanced (laughs) and I need to work on everything. I was like, wait a minute. No one, one thing at a time, but also two, Yes, life is a constant um, process of trying to reach balance. Balance that we will never get to because even if you get to it in one area, there's another area. And, you know, people can point it out in us like, oh, you're overdoing this thing. And I know sometimes if my family tells me, you know, it can be triggered. Oh, let me do this thing. Let me work out like crazy. And then I'm like, wait, you know, I do need to rest. That could lead to injury. But then being too complacent isn't good. So we're always trying to find that middle ground. And I'm fortunate to have people in my life, even though, you know, I may not always see it as a blessing, who sometimes point out things that I don't see in myself that need work. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so much, so, uh, so much food for thought here. A lot of food for thought. I think we're going to maybe just leave it here because, mm-hmm. you know, it was dense and we want to let the people process. Yeah. Maybe we sit here in a couple seconds in stillness and just absorb that. Just take it in. And know that you don't have to take it all in. I had a breath worker tell me, you know, right now, just tell the mind everything you just heard. Give yourself a break from it. Don't try to process it all. You don't need to make it all work or remember it. Whatever needs to come back to you from that will come back to you. Don't try to grip and hold on to things that, you know, if they go, they go. Whatever is meant to stay will stay. Whatever is meant to come back will come back. So there's something to be said about the art of release as well. There's your balance, everyone. (laughs) I like (laughs) it. It was, it was a pleasure chatting and uh, we'll We'll do it again next time. We will do it again next time. We'll see how many years passes between now and next Friday. (laughs) 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 All right. Talk to you later. Yeah. Bye.